Hello everyone, and welcome to The Pursuit Project, where we continue our pursuit to live a healthier, happier, and more successful life. Home of the Let's Thrive Podcast. Our mission here at Let's Thrive is to share the stories of individuals who we think are champions of the practice of thriving. This podcast is sponsored by Zoetic Wellbeing and Human Performance. I'm super excited to learn more from today's guest. He's a person that I've come to know quite well over the last year and more. He's impacted my life in several positive ways. He's a coach, personal trainer, mentor, and also my business partner. He's the founder of Zoetic Wellbeing and Human Performance, and coincidentally, my co-host, Ian Anderson. Welcome to the Let's Thrive Podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. It's an honor to be at this point where we are kicking off this podcast and uh, getting to dive into the Pursuit Project um, to discover more about well-being and, and hearing people's stories about overcoming different adversity and how they are developing a life of thriving. So thank you very much for that intro. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm equally excited. Did you stop it? No. Is it still going? Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Um, this is really exciting, Ian. And you shared with me earlier that you've always wanted to kick off a podcast. So before we get into the, the, the particulars of Zoetic and the projects that you're working on, I'd love to just know what excites you most about this opportunity to launch a podcast. Yeah, I think there has never been a better time to to do a podcast. And it's been something I've been wanting to do uh, while I've been on this journey of well-being evangelism. Um, and so I have a mission of wanting to spread wellness throughout the world. And I think a podcast is such a great tool and platform to be able to achieve that. Um, providing the opportunity to interview people who are thought leaders in the space, uh, hear people's stories and how they have been uh, battling their own well-being journey and, and things that we can learn from um, and, and just to, to be in this sense of community together. I think one of the greatest things about well-being is it, it's very much an individual journey but it cannot be successful alone. Um, and so we need to be in this together in community. So, yeah, uh, it's really exciting. I mean, you shared with me, you know, your initial guest list that you put together for the podcast, and uh, it's it's remarkable. You know, I I'm very excited to to meet and to learn from the list of folks that you've you know, we together, but you know, mostly through your connections, you know, you've put together a pretty extraordinary list of of people who have really walked the Thrive uh, practice or can ha have interesting stories to tell. And um, I think, to, to your point, you know, just bringing that community together is going to be such an, a powerful thing. So It is. And one of the greatest things about that list is when we went through it together, you realize that there's uh, no one particular industry that seems to have people thriving more than others. And so we, we can learn from just about anybody. Uh, everybody has a slightly different definition of what it means to thrive um, within their set of circumstances. And so to be able to hear 
uh, people's journey with a pursuit for health, happiness, and success, uh, and the different pathways that they've taken, what they have found hasn't worked and what has worked. And, and I think there's things that we can, all of us can grab hold of little tips and, and tools that can aid us in our own journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. You, you answered the question I was going to ask, which is, you know, we're talking about the value of this podcast, but maybe we take a step back and talk about you know, thriving, for example, and, and, um, you know, what that means, uh, in a little bit more detail, just to kind of set the context for not only this podcast, but also kind of what the, the goal and the mission of the pursuit project and, and ultimately what the goal of Zoetic is. And so, um, you, you touched on a little bit, but maybe let's take a minute to just understand more about what you, what you mean by thriving. Yeah, for sure. So thriving, I believe is, um, it's where we are at our best, at our optimum. And that's not necessarily just related to our physical health or our emotional health, but where everything comes together. Um, some people also might refer to this as flow, um, which tends to be more mentally um, focused. But thriving for me is when we are in a state of, um, I guess our optimum health uh, we're experiencing happiness and joy in the things that we're involved in. And ultimately, both of those leading to some form of success. Now, thriving is different for everybody because we all have uh, different goals, different aspirations, different motivations. Uh, we all have different um, areas where we find meaning and purpose. And wherever you find meaning and purpose is going to have a big impact on what it means to thrive to you personally. So I think that's one of the great things about this is that we're going to get to discover all of these different definitions of what it means to thrive um, for people in all walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, different levels of academia. And all, all of those things are going to help, I guess, shape what it means to thrive uh, I guess in a more general uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. Uh, I, I think what I've learned so much from you, uh, you know, just talking for the year plus that <clears throat> that I've had the opportunity to work with you on it. What I've learned is that anybody can really thrive. You know, it doesn't take um, it doesn't take a something you're born with or an innate talent. Um, and so it's, it's, it can be just as easy to thrive as it can be to not thrive. Completely. And um, what I find so fascinating about the, the project that you're working on uh, with the, the mission of Zoetic and just what I understand, hopefully we'll tease out in this conversation is just that it's not, it's not uncommon for people to get imbalanced, you know, or, or focus on aspects of their life, maybe t too much. And then they can forget about aspects of their life that are really critical and important and can have a really negative and deep impact on their ability to, to thrive or to live a healthy or more optimized uh, lifestyle that you were you know, sharing earlier. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what, what that might look like? And I know you, 
there's some principles within Zoetic that you bring in, in the mission of uh, Zoetic well-being and human performance, but um, maybe talk a little bit about what those components are and how thriving can happen and where it lives, where it's best, if that makes sense. Yeah, certainly. So uh, you brought up one really good term, which is balance. Um, and in order to thrive, we think, uh, we often associate thriving with excelling in one particular thing. Um, but well-being is multifaceted. And so when we try to focus on just thriving in one area, so let's say our physical well-being, and we try to focus on just that, what happens is because we're not paying attention uh, to the other areas of our well-being that need that support, that need that attention as well, is we can create an imbalance, which ends up uh, causing a little bit of a deficit in our pursuit of thriving. So it's really important that we do begin to develop balance across each of the areas of well-being. Uh, you asked about Zoic, so we have an eight pillar model um, that we utilize. And the eight pillars uh, we've identified as covering each of the major aspects of life uh, and a reflective of the majority of people's lives, regardless of culture and regardless of race or, or uh, orientation, all of these different things. It's, it's a human um they're all human aspects of well-being. So we've got physical well-being, emotional, social, intellectual, environmental, occupational, spiritual, and financial. And everybody uh, can relate to these eight pillars. Now, what we find is most people don't truly understand how each of these eight pillars impact each other. Um, and the role in which they play in their well-being. So uh, what we tend to do is turn a blind eye to the ones that we don't understand. Mm. And that can then impact uh, our, our journey, our wellness journey. Yeah. For example, wellness, most people will focus on mental health, uh, their physical health, and sometimes uh, their social health. And so there's obviously five other pillars mm. that are quite important that are being overlooked mm. or neglected yeah 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 no that's really fascinating I, I, I mean so if i'm understanding you correctly you know you, you look at these eight pillars as maybe scoring mechanisms is that, if that i don't know if that's the right way of explaining it but basically you know you, you're trying to live a life where all of those eight aspects are properly supported and cultivated. And if you do that, then the concept or the, the theory is, is that you'll, you'll be in a, a thriving state or in a, a state of more well-being, a higher well-being, right? Yeah, so I'll, I'll try and explain it a different way. So when, when the eight pillars or any one of the eight pillars is in a state of deficit, it causes stress. Um, and so... Let's say, for example, you're overweight or you're experiencing some health issues, putting your physical well-being into a deficit. Well, that can impact the other areas of well-being. That impacts your emotional well-being, which can impact your social well-being. Uh, and so therefore bringing down some of those other pillars. Mm. 
when you are able to bring all of those into balance or even into a positive state, it can end up lifting the other um, dimensions or the other pillars of well-being as well. So if you can put your physical health into a positive state, um, then that's going to lift your emotional well-being, which will then impact your social well-being and so on. Yeah, so let me let me make sure I understand you correctly. I, so when you say moving into a pot of positive state, mm-hmm. what, what, do, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so a lot of people think that um, if they're not sick, that they're healthy. And it's not exactly true. The, the absence of illness does not mean the presence of optimum health. Now, being absent from illness is great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we are as healthy as we can be. Got it. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't have extra work that we could do, that, mm. that we are performing at the intended, um, the, the intended way that our body is meant to perform. Mm. It just means that we're not showing symptoms of illness. Okay, so this is interesting. This is a this is this is a concept I'd like to unpack a little bit. So I'm a data visualization guy, right? So I, I hear you say move into a positive state and I see a benchmark, right? Like for better or for worse, my, my I carry, you know, a, these eight pillars and some of them are getting supported by this much and some of them are are getting supported by this much or I'm neglecting maybe some areas of the eight pillars and over focusing on maybe a couple of others. And if I can establish, I guess what I'm asking is how do you, how do you go about knowing where you are and moving one into one or more or all into that positive yeah. state like that, that, could be daunting. Yeah, definitely. And it definitely takes uh, a lot of self-awareness. First of all, to understand that they all impact Mm. your state of well-being, but then to be able to take time to reflect and build self-awareness around each of those pillars Um, and accept uh, areas that you may potentially have a deficit that needs work, but also to recognize where you're doing really well and understand why you're doing well in certain uh, pillars or dimensions as opposed to others. Mm. So what are the behaviors or the habits or coping mechanisms that you've created in those pillars that perhaps you could work on in the others? Mm. Uh, So going back to the stress piece, a way in which you can help people move to an optimal or a positive state of well-being is to help them uh, develop coping mechanisms or to build resilience in the face of challenge. Okay, so we're always going to be experiencing challenges, uh, not necessarily across the eight pillars all at the same time, but at different times. So sometimes we'll be in great health, but we'll be poor financially. And and so part of the process is when we experience challenge, when we face challenge uh, with these eight pillars, do we have the coping mechanisms or have we built up the resilience to withstand that challenge? and then overcome that challenge. Mm. So I'm going to use financial well-being as an example. There's a lot of very wealthy people that are financially uh, unwell. 
And part of that is because of the spending habits and the, the way in which they utilize money, see money, at the purpose of money within their life. And so a way of creating financial wellness is having a healthy relationship with money, hmm. understanding, uh, I guess, what, the, what is the purpose of money in your life and how does that either add to or take away from the other areas of your well-being. Mm, yeah, and that 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 is like a maybe a podcast uh, on its own. On its own. <laughs> I mean, I just think about the relationship with money. I don't want to go off on a tangent, so maybe we park that one because that is that's uh, I think really relevant, particularly today, just with with current events and just the relationship with money that exists in different cultures and in particularly just in the, the marketplaces that exist, you know, there's like right now, you know, without time stamping this podcast too much, there's just an incredible volatility in the marketplace and people making some very interesting decisions uh, with their money. And so that, that is, I don't think a, an obvious observation when you're talking about wellness is relationship with money. Completely. Um, so maybe um, so so you've you've given a lot. That's some dense content for for me to consume and and for the audience to kind of wrap their head around. Uh, maybe we take a step back and in the spirit of the podcast and storytelling, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got here. Like you've, you've clearly, you know, got this mission of, um, spreading awareness of these different components that make up well-being and wellness, these, these eight, uh, areas of well-being that you talked about. Um, you know, why you, where, where, how, why, how, how'd you get here? You know, tell us your story of why this is a mission that you've, that you've taken up. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, a little bit about my background, uh, I, as many of you have probably figured out, I'm Australian. So grew up in Australia, very much from a very young age, thrown into being physically active, uh, involved in uh, just about as many sports as you could get involved in, and uh, very thankful to have the parents that I had that really encouraged healthy eating, being physically active, and, and making those two things very much a priority in life. Um, and uh, it's not that they didn't necessarily encourage academics because they definitely did, <laughs> but I think the things that uh, really stuck with me was how, like the positive impact that physical activity, team sports, and then also uh, well-rounded whole food nutrition um, played on my life. Uh, really resonated with me and I thought these are things that I can do really well that I understand and I can teach that so uh, moving into I guess post high school I became a physical education teacher to, to take that to another level so that I can give back let's let's keep that uh, that knowledge that understanding of the importance uh, of health and, and physical activity going to the next generation uh, love that job and, and really fortunate to be able to work with some amazing educators uh, through that job. But uh, I guess things kind of took a, a little step to the side when I was fortunate enough to, to work alongside 
Professor Lee Waters, who's uh, a positive psychologist and uh, professor at the University of Melbourne, uh, who came to the school that I was working at at the time and uh, began this journey of incorporating a well-being program. Um, and as part of that process, I was identified as a, as a, um, a key change agent and a well-being coordinator and, and was really the champion that was going to take that, um, that program through the, the school and roll it out over, over the next few years while I was there. And I think that process really opened my eyes to the full expansion of, of well-being. So I had this I had this idea of well-being and this understanding of well-being very much in the physical sense. And then going through this process with Professor Lee Waters uh, really opened my eyes up to, I guess, more the mental side of well-being. And through more and more exploration, um, having a little bit of experience with sports psychology and then more into this positive psychology, understanding that there are so many elements of well-being that are overlooked to the, I guess, by the general public. Mm, yeah. So uh, to get Professor Lee Waters uh, to work with and, and someone of that caliber is really expensive. Uh, and you also have to seek it. Uh, it's not something that is readily available necessarily uh, to everybody. It is becoming that way now. Now that we're sitting here having this conversation, there is a lot more communication about positive psychology and mm. the importance of mental health. And You mean and just well-being. in the general public? Like, in the general just... public, it is growing now. Yeah, yeah, it's becoming more of a thing. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that separates uh, the way in which I approach well-being is I feel like there is a tendency within the well-being community uh, to focus on one area at a time. And with good reason. It is very, as you said, daunting to focus on everything at once. The challenge I see uh, is that when we focus on one thing, we neglect others. And so if we focus on, um, let's say, mental health, which is of a huge need at the moment, we aren't necessarily paying attention to some of the things that might be contributing to that mental health. We're almost treating the symptoms. Mm. Um, for example, uh, go back again to the, to the financial well-being. Well, that can be a, a huge stressor for people, which can impact their mental health mm. or their emotional well-being. Yeah, sure. um, and, and then that leads into the other areas as well and has that ripple effect. Now, if, if the cause of that uh, instability mentally and emotionally is something like financial well-being, but we're not uh, identifying that and we're not necessarily uh, paying attention to that, then dealing with the mental well-being side of things uh, through mindfulness exercises or, or things like that doesn't necessarily fix the problem. It's treating the symptoms uh, and we, we have this kind of circular uh, effect or this cycle. And so I am a big believer that there needs to be a holistic approach to dealing with well-being and helping people understand the relationship that each of the pillars has uh, and then creating... Uh, systems of resilience and coping so that when you face challenges in each of these areas, you can deal with them and overcome them. But then also beyond just the coping mechanisms, how do you build? Okay, so I'm not experiencing challenge in these pillars, 
well, what can I do to build and grow? Mm. Because when we grow, when we stop trying to grow, then we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to that deficit. Mm. I'd almost argue that that's the opposite of thriving, right? Like, you know, that the absence of growth is yeah. not thriving completely right like, completely yeah yeah and, and thriving just like well-being is a continual journey if, if you're not continually seeking to grow uh yourself then you yeah you're not going to continue thriving yeah at the risk of of making you know kind of a general observation it, it seems to me that to your point earlier that there's been an explosion in self-help and well-being uh, solutions and um, certainly more so than in the past. And you hit on something earlier, which I'd like to chat a little bit about, which is like this notion of awareness, right? Like you, you have stated, you've got this hypothesis that there are these eight pillars, mm-hmm. right? And that is similar or different than, you know, an, another concept or theory around obtaining health and well-being what what makes the these eight uh areas of well-being unique you know what what why is that in the sea of access to self i mean one walk down an airport corridor and you pass, you know, the bookstore there and it is dripping in uh, self-help books and, you know, business, business related content. And so one, in some degrees, it can be almost overwhelming. Like, where do you start? Right. And so to get back maybe to the beginning of the, the mission of the podcast that we're trying to embark on, which is to kind of tease out these stories, you know, the, the pursuit project, which, you know, we'll talk about, but then also, you know, Zoetic and these eight areas, like why is this unique or better than another possible path that someone can take towards, you know, trying to understand their, their well being? Well, I think it's important to note that, Anybody who's making a conscious decision to better their well-being, whatever that looks like, is a positive thing. Um, I think the the area that we differ from other solutions, like you mentioned, like going down that, that self-help kind of process, is we, we humanly will um, tend to give attention or seek out what we know and ignore what we don't know. Hmm. By breaking well-being down into eight universal pillars that just about everybody on earth can relate to, Hmm. um, it allows us to see what we know and what we don't know by exploring each of the pillars rather than going and seeking out, oh, I'm stressed, I need mental health uh, guidance so i'm going to choose this book because i know i need that but i don't necessarily know what's causing that uh stress or the anxiety that i'm I'm feeling this is the point you're making about kind of treating the symptoms yeah and And, so i uh, think the i think the awareness piece is to be aware of what you know and what you don't know Hmm. and often one-dimensional approaches or uh approaches that have a couple of these uh different pillars 
tend to keep hidden what is hidden uh, and not necessarily expo- expose the full picture. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it's, it sounds, sounds accurate, right? It, sound, it feels like that makes sense to me, right? I, I guess um, what advice would you give you know, to someone who is, and basically to everybody, you know, who, who is in a journey, whether they're more aware or less aware of where to start or how to continue or optimize their journey. You know, like it just clearly you're a subject matter expert in this, in this regard. And so, you know, as part of this conversation, this podcast, is there, um, you know, recommendations, you know, how, how do you get started? You know, like, what do I do with this information now that I'm listening to it on this pa- podcast? What, 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 what should be a takeaway? Yeah, I think the very first thing is, and this can be really challenging for people, is to sit and be in a moment of self-reflection. Now we have, um, Zoetic has a number of checklists that you can go through to help that process of reflecting on the eight pillars and asking yourself questions of how you, uh, sit with each of those pills um, and different questions that you can ask yourself to help navigate that process. But um, it really is about a process of self-reflection and then uh, identifying areas that you're doing well in. And I can't stress that enough. It is so important to be able to give ourselves praise for the things we do well, but also then to identify, well, these are some areas where I could potentially grow. So we've got growth areas and then we've got areas that we're already doing well. Um, and being aware of those can, can make an enormous difference uh, to, to the way in which we see ourselves, to our confidence levels, uh, but also the decisions that we make from there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think this is a good segue into this project that you and I find ourselves working on together, yeah. right? Like we, this, this is, um, you know, podcast number one, right? Yeah. And, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's just been a fascinating journey to kind of learn more about whether or not I am well. Yeah. Right. There's this, what I have learned in, in working with you and, and just what I hope to additionally kind of hone over the course of working on this podcast with you is, is that it's not something that it's a journey. It's a wellness journey. It's not like a, you obtain wellness and then, you know, you, you get to go on vacation. You can yep. graduate from it. It's just, it's something that in order to, to fully cultivate and to live a, a life that is more well is takes constant effort. You know, it takes practice, practice. And so um, maybe what I can do is, is segue into like what we hope to accomplish with this podcast, with the pursuit project. We can talk a little bit about that. And then ultimately what the goal and mission that you have with, with the Zoetic and what, what the mission is there. And um, so we, we find ourselves here, you know, we're co-hosting a podcast. Yeah. And uh, so 
in our intro, you know, we're trying to tease out the stories. And so what we're hoping to accomplish is meet and talk with people who have a story to tell about thriving and their journey of wellness. Yeah. Right. Does that sound? Yeah. And I think, I think there's going to be people that we speak to that haven't necessarily got a clearly defined answer for that. Yeah. For what they think thriving is. But I think that's part of the beauty of it. Yeah. To go through this process of interviewing people and let's, let's raise people's awareness to oh, thriving. Am I thriving? Why aren't I thriving? Mm. Or perhaps I've been thriving at one point in my life and I'm not anymore. Mm. And just to hear the, the challenges that people face, overcome, that come back, that, um, that the, the way in which they develop different t- tools and, and skills to navigate their way through life in the most meaningful way that they can. And, and, in that pursuit of health, happiness, and success. I mean, I when I was starting to think about this this podcast and and also Zoetic being the pursuit of health, happiness, and success. It, though, again, those are three things that you can ask just about anyone. They'll say, "Yeah, I want to be healthy. I want to be happy, and I want to be successful." Mm. Now, success doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing for everybody. Some people, it's financial. Some people, it's raising a happy, healthy family. Mm. Um, and, and that's part of the beauty of it. It's yeah. Everybody's definitely. got kind of their own journey and their own, uh, I guess, path and challenges and um, triumphs that they have along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I cannot help but think about the timeliness of this opportunity. You know, to to seek out those conversations and to hear those stories about people's relationship with with their with health and their relationship with happiness and how they define success. Completely. And I mean, you just think about it's twenty twenty one, right? This is you know podcast number one, but what a what a fascinating time to be working on something like this. Well, it's. I mean, it's interesting because we almost shouldn't be talking about thriving in 2021 because we've just experienced the last 10 months of a global pandemic and people are struggling, like genuinely hurting. Yeah, and maybe many, not even close to, th- just need to get to yeah, a baseline. Not even close to thriving. Thrive. So why are we talking about thriving? But I think mm, yeah. there's there's a beauty in that when... When everything, when everything settles, do we want to be stuck in 2020? Or are we already starting to begin that process of coming out of the cocoon and spreading our wings? Like this 2021, the pandemic is not yet necessarily done and finished and over yet. But do you wait till the end to begin that forward process? momentum that progression that growth Mm. i argue that this is the perfect time to discuss learning from our past learning from previous experience and challenges and those people who we're going to be talking about have all overcome huge challenges not just in the last 12 months but um years 
beforehand. And, mm. and I think if any, if there's ever been a time where we can learn about overcoming challenges and seeking, I guess, a lifestyle of thriving, it's now. Mm. Yeah. Because everybody needs some sort of a hand up. We all want to be lifted up. We all want to get through this. And so if there's anything that we can learn from each other, this is the time to do it. Mm. Well, certainly just the the isolation of the pandemic and, you know, met with the already, the, the challenges that already exist in today's culture with with work and relationships, you know, it's just made wellness a more important component in people's lives. You know, like that, I think that there's, there can sometimes be a crutch, you know, like if everything is, is okay, quote unquote, then you can kind of limp along with an, in, in imbalance but that's hard to do when in a kind of a pandemic situation where those things you might have taken for granted are no longer there to get you through an imbalanced life. And now those cracks in the in the pillars, if you will, are more exposed. Completely. And such is human nature as we turn to things to soothe ourselves, mm. um, which isn't necessarily helping either. So um, a lot of people... This is just drawing on statistics that we've seen in the media, but number of people uh, putting on a lot of weight. Now we've had to change the way in which we live to be more remote and isolated, like you said, but also that brings out um, anxiety and depression, which cause many people comfort eating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we change our nutrition. Or perhaps we're now ordering in more food rather than uh, thinking of less... Uh, cook fresh wholesome meals mm. um and so that that's changed and we're looking for convenience because we can't be bothered because we're kind of depressed that we can't do anything yeah um and, and then the same be kind of a domino effect and... it becomes a domino effect mm. exactly mm. um and and the wellness thing not to go off on a segue too much and this is again another episode in itself the the sad thing that i'm seeing in, in the aftermath or even during the pandemic is that I guess everybody's raising their awareness to the importance of wellness. We're all becoming more aware that well-being is important. Um, but there's a, there's a huge amount of, um, I would say, aggressive tactics in, in the commercial space to be selling wellness products and kind of feeding on that anxiety that people have developed mm. without necessarily, and I get it because it's a consumer market. So like, obviously there's always it's a huge advantage. Yeah, it's for sure. It's, it's, to, it's a wise yeah. business. Yeah. But the, the downside is, in my opinion, a lot of the, the products are not going to solve the wellness issues Completely. From Same a holistic from standpoint. From a holistic standpoint. They, Again, to your point that, you know, you're attacking the symptoms. Yeah. Treating the symptoms. I mean, the perfect example is you've, you'll you see so many people buy um, exercise equipment that they'll use for a month, but realize that they're, like, how they're feeling hasn't necessarily changed. Mm. Um, they're not necessarily 
not necessarily getting that gratification, that change that they were seeking, mm. or their wellness. They're not seeing the results. Yeah. Um, and so they stopped using it. Mm. And that's that's a huge uh, trend with wellness equipment and wellness tools in general. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of the cause of that is that most of them are one-dimensional. They're not treating or paying attention to the other areas of wellness that mm. also need the more holistic that attention. Hmm. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I hate to think how many treadmills are around the U S that are just sitting there, not, not being used. Yeah. <laughs> and I think everybody ha- either did that or know somebody who, who you know, that. made that investment yep. and it's now in the garage or yep. somewhere else. Uh, let's, uh, let's just pivot a little bit and maybe close this conversation out and just reflect again on the, the hope of the, the podcast. Again, the podcast is the let's thrive podcast where uh, we're going to have these conversations and, and tease these out. And this, the, the notion, the stories around people's journey with thrive with thriving and living a more healthy lifestyle. But it's part of a, a broader project that we've called the Pursuit Project. Yep. Um, which, again, is, is um, to me, very, very exciting, right? Like, I think if, if we use this podcast as an opportunity to kind of lay some the ideas and, and what we hope to gain from this is that uh, the podcast is a medium where we can connect with people and hear those stories around wellness and thriving. The Pursuit Project is what we hope to be a place where people can come together and share those ideas, not necessarily in a podcast, be it a forum or articles where you know people who are having this journey can also contribute um so i think that's really exciting i'm very excited to launch this project it's something i've wanted to do for a long time i I just now i'm doing it um but uh i think that that will be a great opportunity for people to 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 your point like gather more awareness and maybe do some of that research before or in addition to continuing to treat this the symptoms of an imbalanced wellness approach yeah i, I mean for me the this podcast and, and the pursuit project are very much an academic endeavor in that we are like well-being is going to const- constantly evolve um with the way in which society lives and and all those sorts of things and i think uh there's so much that we can learn from each other. So through the stories on this podcast, through uh, different research that comes out that we'll be sharing through uh, the Pursuit Project and um, creating a community where that learning is embraced. Mm. I I think too often when it comes to wellness, we do what we're told we should do rather than actually figuring it out and, and taking on that a little bit of responsibility to educate ourselves mm. um, and realize what's correct for us. I, there, there are definitely situations where you're going to need to take advice from professionals and, and things like that by all means. But I think that we have become so reliant and now rely so much on things that don't necessarily have that um, our best interest in mind. 
And so that's part of, in my mind, part of the goal of Pursuit Project is our goal and our ambition is to help people be well mm. and live lives that thrive. Yeah. And it's going to be a gathering of, of research and stories and tips and tools wow. and just bring all of those things together so that anybody who's looking to make that transition, anyone who's looking to get more out of life, come to the Pursuit Project. And yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to provide you with um, some some information that will help guide you in the right direction. Mm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I just it, it, I think that will be either way, it will be a powerful project in my wellness journey. Completely, right? And, and you and I are both in agreement that our wellness journey is ongoing, never ending. It, it is never complete. Mm. Your wellness journey is never complete. Mm. And that's part of the cool thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I think a lot of people can be daunted by that. You yeah. Know, and then they um, seek out, you know, the treadmill as a, as a short term solution, yeah. uh, expecting, you know, results. But unfortunately, you have to actually use the treadmill and, and, and practice, uh, more holistic balanced life completely which it, it takes unfortunately takes work yep. and habit change in some cases habit change for sure um which again that you know is a podcast all by itself habit change um, mindset change yeah those are things that are hard sometimes completely. those can get dug in like ticks right yeah. like changing habit can be really difficult that's something that I'm, I'm very interested in in learning more about and and is just the power of habit you know that can be a lot of times of the biggest barrier that people can have to to change to change completely right? awareness is critical but you know then you have to you know take it one step at a time and every day you know it, it doesn't happen overnight and it can be can be difficult yeah i mean just to give that some context um, a lot of people struggle with weight and they're aware of that and they're aware that perhaps uh, overeating or eating certain types of food is their barrier. And so a lot of people will turn to diets. Mm. Um, and the sad reality is there that most diets don't necessarily guide you through effective habit change. Mm. So at the end of the diet or where you when you reach your target, um, then you just revert back to old habits mm. because you haven't created sustainable, meaningful change that is going to serve you for the rest of your wellness journey. And, and yeah. yeah. And to use your eight pillar, you know, the, the, the diet, they focus on only one piece of that octagon or Completely. pie, you know, Completely. attacking the, yep. the, the weight and nutrition or diet component without considering you know, the, the mental aspect of it yeah. or the, the, the social aspect. Of it. Or even the environmental aspect. So that's a huge thing when it comes to, and going into another tangent, but um, the environmental aspect of, of weight gain is huge. So if you live it in a household where you're trying to eat healthy, but everybody else around you is not necessarily on that same journey as you, you're in an environment that is not aiding your ability to achieve your target or to live that life. And um, that creates challenge. Mm. Uh, unless you're able to be super disciplined and strict and create boundaries and all those sorts of things, that can be a, 
a challenge that most people cannot win. Mm. Um, it, it goes to the same point as a hostile workplace feeds into the culture and that becomes part of the environment. People yeah. who go into a hostile workplace or a, a, a workplace that doesn't necessarily have a positive culture, uh, has a competitive culture, has a um, manipulative culture or things like that. People can go in with the best intentions, really positive, happy as can be, but that culture tends to rub off and that's an environmental thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, it doesn't even need to be through direct uh, conversations or behaviors, but the, the environment that you're in rubs off on you. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, I, let me, Maybe just to use that to segue, just to, to, to close out on, you know, just this conversation that I've been having with, with you, with Ian, yeah. you know, um, maybe you can share the mission of Zoetic, right? Like, Certainly. Yeah. What, what, using that as, as a pivot, you know, help, help us understand uh, what your goal with Zoetic is. Yeah, it's an ambitious one and it is to... It's really to spread well-being as far as we can reach. Um, I, I personally believe that well-being should be the foundation of what we build upon, um, not a supplemental thing. It's not a benefit. It's not a. It's not a nice to have. But globally, well-being should be something which we build structures, policies, uh, programs, systems around the idea of helping people live lives that matter, lives that thrive, lives that allow us to experience what it means to be human to the fullest extent. Hmm. And at the moment, I don't think that is evident in the world. I mean, in certain cases here and there, there's definitely some of that. And I think uh, part of my my mission with, with Zoetic is to really spread an awareness of what holistic well-being means um, how, and, and how we can begin to implement that into our lives personally, but then working alongside organizations and so businesses and schools and things like that to try and uh, roll that out throughout institutions so that well-being is not just something that we have to do by ourselves in our own time, but it becomes something that is a way of life regardless of whether we're learning at school, university, or working uh, as an adult, uh, because then we're going to start to see some meaningful change uh, in the generations to come. Mm -hmm. If we can incorporate well-being uh, as a culture uh, upon which we build all other things, then we are going to steer away from a lot of the, the pain, the challenge, and, and I guess continually cycling issues that turn up. Yeah. Because I, I make up that a lot of the issues that we face are well-being deficits. That's where they begin, where mm. we are overlooking certain needs that people have uh, often in in place of gain somewhere else, mm. but without taking that into consideration. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, so much of that is, you know, part cultural, yeah, 
part social part you know how we define ourselves is is impacted so much by to your point like the environment that we live in and the the people that we live with and how we how we stack rank ourselves within a culture is can oftentimes be skewed without us even knowing it yeah you know uh well this has been a fascinating conversation ian and uh i think it was a I think we covered a lot of ground, maybe more so than we expected to in our first first podcast. I agree, but it was good. I I, th- I really enjoyed it, and yeah. I think it was a success. Yeah, excellent. Okay, well, well, we have talked about some ground rules for this podcast, and in in conclusion of this conversation, um, you had a very creative idea of uh, positing a question for the next guest and uh without any context of who the next guest might be and then in that interview with the next or the conversation with that next guest we'll ask that question uh am i putting you on the spot if i ask you to throw a question out to whoever it is we uh talk to next i am yeah i mean a question that I would love to know, just given the nature of the podcast, is what does thriving mean to you? Mm. Yeah. That's a question we could ask all of the guests. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should we should ask that anyway, right? Like before we even kick off. So So okay, if we want to go a different way. I mean, right? I yeah, totally completely. Could. Yeah. So we have to a ask different, that question okay. everybody. Okay, a different route would be a challenge, a challenge that you have had that you feel has made you grow. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Okay, wonderful. I'm just writing that down. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I think we'll close it out. Will we? Yeah. Will we? Okay. Yeah. So I think that went well. I do too. Um, thank you so much, Ian, for. Uh, for telling us your story and I'm very much looking forward to continuing this uh, this podcast project with you and I, I hope that our audience finds it as as uh, beneficial as I have so far uh, and uh, looking forward to the next one Fantastic, Joe. Thank you. And uh, it's weird to be on the interviewee side, Mm. but but I really enjoyed our conversation today. And uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in to listen and uh, look forward to our next episode. If someone wants to find out more about Zoetic, Ian, what should they do? Yeah, you can find Zoetic at www.zoeticwellbeing.com. So that's Z-O-E-T-I-C wellbeing.com or you can follow us on social channels at zoetic wellbeing wonderful very cool and i guess with that we'll sign off thanks guys